Bang, bang. What song was that that you were doing? I don't know what it's called. But it's it goes, I've got the power? Yeah. It's really old. Taking <laughs> commercials and shit. <laughs> okay. I've got the power. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, I don't know. You remember when like the DV, when DVDs first came out and they had like ads for like just DVD as a product and it would be like, we're going to need a hero. And it play that song and there was just a montage of all like heroic characters from DVDs. Man, that takes me back. <laughs> Good stuff. Or when like VHS tapes first started to have special features, but it would be at like the end of the tape. So like you couldn't really make selections. It would just like take you through the special features. I I remember our copy of X Men had that. Like the fir- the the first one was like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah. From like the late nineties. Yeah. And then like DVDs came out and it was all just like you know. I don't remember menu. special features from VHSs. I also had a copy of the Gargoyles movie, which is actually just the first four episodes of the show. Okay. Um, and it came with like a game, like it came with a game, like a board game kind of thing that you oh. could th- that. So like at the end of the tape, you'd have to like interact with it and like pause and rewind. It was it really wasn't that great. <laughs> not worth it. It's not really worth it. But Gargoyles though is good. Like Super Gargoyles good, stands yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> I think you can. I wonder if you can watch it on Disney Plus. If it's like a Disney... Uh, I think it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. I should check that out. It got a little weird when they got into all like the time travel stuff. That was a little bit strange. But like the first like couple seasons are are pretty solid. But um, yeah, anyways, it's always nice when a show like kind of stands the test of time. Oh, totally. Like, uh, well, can you say Dragon Ball Z did? Because they did that whole Dragon Ball Z Kai thing. I think Dragon Ball Z is still good, but it's a bit of a... bit of i don't know if it's acquired taste but it's just like that kind of genre in general is like you know if you a lot of people don't like it right yeah. sort of like the antics that go along with like a sort of like the anime genre can't think of a show but like because i just watched it because i bored it from me with that transformers movie oh yeah so sans it has a time everything about that is so good oh yeah <laughs> and the show too like got a little weird after that too like the show is not so good but they made that movie in between a couple of seasons of the show so i think it was like the first or like first one or two seasons and then they did the movie and then they did a few more seasons but it gets really weird like they bring back optimus uh from the dead and then like there's like a ghost of starscream in another episode which is kind of weird. I, think I remember the ghost. And then like the they have like Unicron's head is like still floating around like at the end of the movie, but he's like still like Doing conscious things. and he's like yeah. evil. So, anyways, yeah, it just it gets it gets <laughs> it gets kind of weird. But the movie itself is just gold. Like Transformers, the movie is a is a fantastic film. But I wonder if Beast Wars holds up. I think Beast Wars does hold up. I watched. That, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I watched it. I think I watched it when I was like. In my early 20s, uh, you could watch the whole thing on YouTube, and you might still be able to, but I watched it, and it was still pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beast Machines, though, remember when they went, uh, or it was like Beasties? It had a different name in Canada and the United States. Oh. But it was the one where they go back to Cybertron, and like Megatron gets there first through time travel, and he like makes everybody evil. And then, like, Rhinox is also a bad guy now, but it turns out oh. Rhinox was evil all along. It's just like, I kinda get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was that was kind of silly. Cheetor and Rat Trap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Classics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> it's not? Transformers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we should do a deck tech on that, like, Grimlock... Um, uh, that like specialty card yeah, from ha- from Hascon a few years ago. Yeah, um, this deck is more than meets the eye. <laughs> it's just transform <laughs> tribal, yeah, <laughs> from the vault. <laughs> but this is turn one soul ring, and I'm Kevin, and I'm Eric. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about we're going to be deck explaining Eric's Croxa uh, Titan of Death's Hunger commander deck. So here we are in Theros. That's right, and kick off Theros. This good old deck here. <laughs> yeah, you actually get a pretty good... Because, like, the picture of Kroxa on the card art itself isn't... It's, like, sort of, like, forced perspective because you're getting it from his foot up. Yeah. So it's not... You don't get a real good look at his... Um, a real good look at his face, but he, he looks like he has, like, a gaping maw on his... Where his tummy would be and also on his mouth. But you get a pretty good look at his face on the card Eat to Extinction. 
yeah. which uh, I felt the brunt of it pre-release. <laughs> it's uh, that one's like three and a black for an instant exile target creature or planeswalker. Look at the top card of your library. You may put it that you may put that card into your graveyard. So it's like a pretty, it's a pretty solid card. But um, cards also so flavorful. Yeah. So he's like he's eating, and then you like can put another card in the graveyard. Like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, yeah, and the flavor text is uh, Kroxa devours what he may, not for su- sustenance or pleasure, but because it is his nature. He is unending hunger given form. Whew. Mm. Nice. Before we get to the deck categories, like we always do, we're going to cover some of the lore behind uh, the commander that's helming this deck. Yeah, Mr. Kroxa. But first, let's uh, let's read Kroxa. Yeah. So Kroxa. Only costs one black and one red for a 6-6. Six, six. What? Stop Stop right there. <laughs> That's all we need. Yep. <laughs> uh, so when Kroxa enters the battlefield, uh, sacrifice it unless it escaped. Whenever Kroxa enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who didn't discard a non-land card this way uh, takes three, de- three life. Loses mm-hmm. three life, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, and then you can escape. Uh, for two black and two red, and you exile five of the cards. Yeah, what was really interesting about these, uh, these there's two of these guys that, uh, there's also a Simic one, right, in this yeah. set that you have to, if you don't escape it, you have to sacrifice it. Yeah. Um, but what Eric said back in our set review episode a, a couple uh, episodes ago was that you could use Torpor Orb to shut this off. Yeah. So you wouldn't get the ETB, but it's also an attack trigger, which exactly. is something I didn't even think about, like using Torpor Orb on myself. Yeah, totally. So you can <clears> use like Torpor Orb, Hushbringer. Uh, Hushbringer, yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course, in Commander, you have to use Torpor Orb because Hushbringer is in white. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, so then it's still in the attack trigger. So it's like if you can't get that off, you're like, oh, I'm swinging like on turn four with a 6-6. Six, six. No kidding. And everyone has to discard still. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's a big boy. He's a, what is he, an Elder Titan? Elder Giant. Elder Giant. Yeah. Um, but he is a Which Titan. Which is a Titan. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I looked into the lore, and there isn't a ton about uh, this guy here at the moment, but he's, of course, a titan, and uh, he's possessed by never-ending hunger. Mm. Uh, but uh, this is what I this is what I got. This is just it's pretty brief. So centuries ago, before the gods of Theros rose to power, the Titans, horrific primal urges made flesh, roamed the mortal realm, sowing death and destruction in their wake. Kind of sounds like. Um, some other Titans I know. <laughs> the mortals of Theros were powerless to defend themselves, so they turned to prayer in their hour of need. Okay. Yeah. From this prayer, this concentrated devotion uh, sprang forth the gods themselves. Hey. That's pretty cool. Can you imagine if it actually worked like that? We'd see gods. Yeah. Imbued with incredible power by the faith of mortals, the gods sealed the Titans away in the underworld, which is uh, what we kind of see in the, like the trailer. And we're seeing a lot of like the underworld, like breaking free. And there is actually, you know, you can expand on this about how these Titans escaped again, but we're not going to do that here. Basically. Yeah. This is sort of, this really reminded me of like Ulamog, um, the ceaseless hunger. Uh, trapped with the other two Eldrazi Titans on Zendikar for thousands of years. So, um, yeah. yeah. And it was like, and, you know, it was like Erebos's job to, like, make sure that they stayed sealed in the underworld, just like Nahiri on Zendikar. Um, it's also pretty interesting. Like, I, I do know that the, for the stories, they will pull from other things. Obviously, Theros is very much Greek-based. Exactly. But even the whole thing with the gods and the Titans is very based on... Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> that and also like Hercules. Like. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good Disney movie. Mm-hmm. That might have been the first soundtrack I ever had on tape. Nice. Remember that? Yeah. On tapes, everyone. I, remember I had the Small Soldiers. <laughs> tape. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow. God, that makes me War. feel old. Anyways, <laughs> um, and Small Soldiers. I bet. I wonder if that movie holds up. I bet it doesn't. I think I actually watched it not too long ago. Like. Four or five years ago, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I think there's some things that are a little well. And it's still kind of. And when you have like the nostalgic, yeah, you know, it's like I went to see uh, like every year the uh, at the concert hall they'll do like a movie and they'll have they'll play the music, but it's the orchestra playing the music. Oh, that's so like so they've awesome. done like Home Alone or yeah. like Harry Potter, um, 
they did Jurassic Park, I think. I missed that one. That's too Ooh. bad. But I went. we went to see, like, E.T., and I never saw E.T. when I was a kid. Okay. And, like, we're both a little too old for, like, this the E.T., but... Mm-hmm. The E.T. Um, but uh, it's I just sort of found it really annoying. Like, I sort of found Elliot really, really annoying. So, you know. I have not gone back and watched that movie either, so. And I had never seen it before. That was my okay, first time yeah. seeing it as, like, you know, like almost a 30-year-old person. So I mean, you know. I have no – I'm like, I don't really care to. <laughs> no, no. No. No, no, of course not. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's get to the – categories of the deck but uh actually before we do that how does this deck win eric so this is quite an interesting deck uh it is all built it's not quite built around croxa himself Mm -hmm. but the deck is built around the theme of croxa which is discarding cards and damaging people for it yeah and this is actually um i mean first of all that's a great you know way to build a deck because you don't want to build your deck completely around your commander just yeah. kind of you want the deck to be able to do what the what you want it to do without needing the commander because you know we've all found ourselves in situations where the commander's just too expensive to cast totally right? or yeah. it's been imprisoned in the moon or something like that whatever yeah um but another thing about this strategy is it's relatively uncommon to have like a discard type of deck. Very uncommon. And I think people don't like to have their cards discarded either. As we always oh, talk about how people not. don't like their toys taken away from them. No. Yeah. No. So I did title this deck very much so. Uh, no Hand for You. Yep. A little bit of Seinfeld there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Soup Nazi. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's just uh, uh, it's yeah, it's not something you see very often, and it not. is it is extremely powerful. Like that's I think that's probably probably why the card Mind Twist is banned in Commander because it's just X black yeah. target player discards X cards. Totally, that's <laughs> not fair. <laughs> not quite. So this deck is quite interesting. Uh, if you play it, just at some random. LGSs. Some people may not like you. With a bunch of randos. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, after building, again, after building this deck, it just seems like a lot of fun. Uh, I can do some pretty neat things. And uh, so we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I'll start us off with the, uh, the first category here. We have the draw slash discard damage. Yeah. So first up, we've got Fate Unraveler. It's three and a black for an enchantment creature, Hag. Three, four. <laughs> Whatever an <laughs> opponent draws a card, Fate Unraveler deals one damage to that player. So yeah, this I imagine all this like one damage, two damage is probably going to add up, right? That's the that's the hope behind yeah. it all. So uh, next up is the Fell Specter. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, the target opponent discards a card, and then whenever an opponent discards a card, that player loses two life. That second part we'll be seeing a lot. This one's kind of interesting because it does some sad sap is going to be the first one to feel the pain yeah target opponent don't roll a dice no don't do that (laughs) that's yeah that's that's turn one stance don't roll a dice um next up we have uh keterect parasite it's a creature horror yeah that was a little tricky but i sounded it out in my head first uh it's one black for a one one whenever an opponent draws a card if you control a red permanent you may have keterect parasite deal one damage to that player that's good. It's a May ability. It is a May ability, you know, which is interesting. You don't have to be mean all the time. Exactly. Uh, and there's also not, I don't know how many red, like how often you're going to have this guy with a red permanent, but um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. This card is also uh, oddly, it was like four or five bucks, I think. Wow. So yeah. What is the uh, Conflux, a rare from Conflux? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's like relatively old set. Yeah. Uh, next up is a very common one. Uh, which is Liliana's Caress. Uh, it's one of anything in a black for whenever an opponent discards a card, they lose two life. Mm-hmm. You see that a lot? Yep. Yeah. Next one is uh, Megram, very similar to in a black for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent discards a card, Megram deals two damage to that player. And then again, we have Raider's Wake, which is three of anything in a black for whenever an opponent discards a card, that player loses two life. Also has Raid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give your end step. If you attack with a creature... Th- uh, this turn, target opponent discards a card. So you can activate it itself if you've attacked with something. For sure. A little extra bonus. Yeah, and like you're swinging around with, with Kroxa, right? You know, it's this big, big 6-6. Six, six. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um, okay, next up, last one in this category is Sir Conrad the Grim. It's uh, th- He's 3 and 2 black for a legendary creature, Human Knight, 5-4. Whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield... 
or a creature card leaves your graveyard, Sir Conrad the Grim deals one damage to each opponent. And he has an activated ability. It's one in a black for each player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Uh, I, I seem to like this creature because on now I've done two recent deck decks. And this guy's been in both decks. Oh, yeah, that's but, right. Uh, yeah. He's in your AR deck. Yeah, but uh, I think this card's pretty good. And especially for a strategy like this, it just really pays off. And we will see some cards coming up as well where Sir Conrad really shows his strength as well. Okay, I sen- do I sense a Sir Conrad deck in the future? Mm, maybe. Uh, I think he's... No. <laughs> no. He's really good as part of the 99. He just yeah. works together with other stuff. Of course. Because uh, I could have chose him, but I chose Yaro over Sir Conrad, so... Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, so next up, um, this is the interesting part of the deck. And you yeah. And you can kind of be like... You may be... Uh, it's refilling our opponent's hands. So we may be taking cards away, but we're also being nice and trying to give cards back. Right, right? Because if people can't discard cards, they can't lose life. That's the thing. Right? But you can just be like, I'm friendly. I'm just giving you cards. Hey, this That's is it. like kind of like a group hug. Yeah. I'm going to make you discard cards deck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that goes a long way too. Also, like just using first names, being nice. Yeah. This, I'm, this, I'm and this package. Cards? Yeah. You want to play some cards? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah I, I really love this. But um, yeah, we, uh, go go ahead. So first up, we have the Giraper Ori. So this is four of anything for an artifact. Uh, each player may play an additional land on each of their turns. Nice. So nice little bonus. And yeah. then at the beginning of each player's upkeep, if that player has no cards in hand, that player draws three cards. So good in this deck. Pretty good, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> once you get this engine going, there aren't going to be any cards in anybody's hands. So it's Hopefully. just like, boom, boom, three. All right, let's do it again. <laughs> so next up, we have Howling Mine, a classic. It's two mana for an artifact. At the beginning of each player's draw step, if Howling Mine is untapped, that player draws an additional card. Extra cards. Yeah, nice. Uh, next up, uh, from the Drain set, Rankle, Master of Pranks. This is two of anything and two black for a 3-3 flying in haste. So we can do it once it comes out. Whenever Rankle, Master of Pranks, deals combat damage to a player, choose any number. Each player discards a card. Each player loses one life and draws a card. Each player sacrifices a creature. All good options. All good options. Mm -hmm. I think most of the time you're going to pick the first two for sure with this deck. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just depending on your board state, you may not want to sacrifice Rankle himself if he's on the creature you have. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, what a cool card. Yeah. Um, Next up we have Season... Perverter of Truths. What a pervert. Right? He's Come on. Three and two black for a <laughs> legendary creature, Demon Spirit. Six, five. That's a good rate. Good rate, right? At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player loses two life and draws two cards. That sounds like a sign in blood. Every for every turn. Every turn. Yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. This guy's a pretty cool card. I didn't know it existed, so. You know, there's so many cool cards from this, like from the Kamigawa block, that I'll see them and I'll be like, I didn't even know that card existed. And yeah. it's really not that... Old of a block, unless I'm, like, dating myself. I don't know. Mm, I think it is. Yeah, I guess it's pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of magic, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so next up we have Spiteful Visions. This is two of anything and two uh, split Rakdos mana. Oh, yeah. Trev, I've, like, have nightmares of this card from his Nekuzar deck. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's an enchantment. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws an additional card. Whenever a player draws a card, Spiteful Visions deals one damage to that player. So this kind of stacks up with uh, Fate Unraveler from before. But Fate Unraveler says opponents, while Spiteful Visions is all players. Mm -hmm. So you will be taking damage from that as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and last in this category is Stormfist Crusader, another Eldraine card. Um, it is a black and a red, just like Kroxa, for a human knight 2-2 with menace. At the beginning of your upkeep, each player draws a card and loses one life. So this one's pretty neat because it happens at your upkeep. Your upkeep, yeah. Yeah, everyone's so, drawing a card. And then on your turn, you know, you can... Discard the w- card. What we, yeah, we can make them do that. Yeah, what we've seen so far. Yeah. Oh, I like this deck. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, next up, uh, this is why I want people to have cards in their hand. They're discarding cards... We want to discard a lot of cards a lot. Doing wheelies. We're doing wheelies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So first up in this section, we have seven of them. Uh, So there's Dark Deal, which is two of anything and a black for a sorcery. Each player discards all the cards in their hand, then draws that many minus one. So not bad. Yeah, I really like the art on this card. It looks like, uh, for anyone who's seen the movie Solo, it looks like they're uh, trading like Coaxium. Or Coaxium. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so next up we have Corvath's Fury. It's uh, four and a red for a sorcery. For each player, choose friend or foe. Each friend discards all cards from their hand, then draws that many cards plus one. Crovax's Fury deals damage to each foe equal to the number of cards in their hand. I really like the friend or foe mechanic. I hope we get another Battle Bond set in the future. Yeah, it's a really cool mechanic. Mm-hmm. And this one's really fun, too, because you can play this and be like, yeah, all my friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a, go. what a direct way to just, like, make enemies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <clears throat> uh, all right, so next up we have the Magus of the Wheel, which is two of anything in a red uh, for a human wizard 3-3. Three, three. You can pay one of anything in a red to tap it and sacrifice the Magus. Each player discards their hand, then draws seven cards. Was this in the, um, was this in the, uh, Anya Falconrath deck this year? Maybe. What is that set symbol? Yeah, that's yeah, the... Yeah, that's the new one. There's yeah. This one and last year are so similar. But this card used... It got reprinted in Masters 25, but this card used to be like $15 before yeah. it was reprinted. So, anyways. Good card. Oh, it's a great card. Yeah. It's also really great because he, you don't, like, exile the card, so you can bring it back from your graveyard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, we have ooh, one of my favorites, Molten Psyche. It's one and two red for a sorcery. Each player shuffles the cards from their hand into their library, then draws that many cards. And it also has Metalcraft, so if you control three or more artifacts, Molten Psyche deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of cards that player has drawn this turn. Which is super nice. Yeah, it's not just the cards Molten Psyche makes you draw. Yeah. I think with this deck, it would be very rare having the Metalcraft go off. It's not the reason it's there in the deck. But, right. Uh, yeah. It, it is a nice bonus, though, if that ever happens. It is a nice bonus, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Reforge the Soul. I really like this one. So it's oh, three, yeah. three of anything and two red for a sorcery. Each player discards their hand and draws seven cards. But you can Miracle it for one of anything and a red. So two mana wheel. That's a good rate. Oh, yeah. That's <clears throat> that's like one less than Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Okay, next up we have Runehorn Hellkite. It is five and a red for a dragon, five five with flying, and you can pay five and a red to exile Runehorn Hellkite from your graveyard. Each player discards their hand, then draws seven cards. Wow, I don't even think I've ever seen this card before. <laughs> so this one's a little bit more on the pricey end, but uh, just when it's in your graveyard, and like we will be discarding cards and stuff like that as well. You got another one in your graveyard to use. Oh, you mean pricey in terms of mana cost. Mana cost, yeah. That can't be a very expensive card. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about expensive cards, though, and probably almost a quarter of the deck's cost Yeah, yeah. is in the next card of Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. So it's just old. Um, in paper, I mean, like, you could swap this out for something else if you want to keep the deck, like, slash the price. Sure, of course. You can just look at swapping out Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, like, and in our, in our like, closed meta with, with our buddies, like, you can play proxies. Like, yeah. it's it's fine. Um, so you can do that, too. But even, like, you know, like, Winds of Change is fine, right? In that sure, card. yeah. Because, like, it's not nothing, but. It's still something, yeah. Yeah, anyways. But, uh, yeah, so Wheel of Fortune is the classic. Two of anything in a red. Each player discards their heart, then <laughs> discards their hand, then draws seven cards. Yeah. So. The titular wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next category is the fuel. Yeah, so everything's being discarded away, and what do we get out of that? Okay, first up here, we have Bone Miser. Great new card from uh, C20. Yeah. No, C19. Doing C20 this year. Correct. They're not going to call it C20. It's going to be called C Icoria. Uh, Sicoria. <laughs> Sicoria, yeah. Um, so Bone Miser is four and a black for a zombie wizard, 4-4. Four, four. Whenever you discard a creature card, create a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token. Whenever you discard a land card, add two black to your mana pool. And whenever you discard a non-creature, non-land card, draw a card. So it's pretty much hitting everything here. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah so even if you're wheeling away cards in your own hand, you're getting value off them. Because then we do have also... Waste not. So this mm-hmm. one's only one of anything in a black for an enchantment. And this is all the opponent's stuff. So whenever an opponent discards a creature card, you make a Zach black zombie. Opponent discards land, you get two mana. And then opponent discards non creature, non land, you draw a card. So same thing as Bone Miser, but it's just for <clears> your <throat> opponents. Right. Which you're going to get a lot of value off of when you wheel. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh, my boy. goodness. Oh, that mana. <laughs> all that black mana. Oh, boy. Okay, so next up we have Combo. First up here we have... Um, 
Animate Dead. It's one in a black for uh, an aura. Enchant creature card in a graveyard. When Animate Dead enters the battlefield, if it's on the battlefield, it loses Enchant creature card in a graveyard and gains Enchant creature put onto the battlefield with Animate Dead. Return Enchanted creature card to the battlefield under your control and attach Animate Dead to it. When Animate Dead leaves the battlefield, that creature's controller sacrifices it. Enchanted creature gets minus one, minus O. So you just bring something back from the graveyard. So I have just an interesting little question about Animate Dead um, from a game I played recently. So somebody had a, an Ulamog, uh, the Infinite Gyre, Gyre, however you say that. Sure. Uh, which is Annihilator 4. Yeah. And they swung at an opponent. So they had Animate Dead on a creature, and then they had, you know, several other creatures. The Annihilator trigger happens... First, it's like an attack trigger, right? Yep. So the the animator the annihilator happens. Can you sacrifice the animate dead and the creature as two permanents? Yeah. Because it's happening at the same time. Exactly. It all happens at the same time. So it's just kind of like a board wipe that would hit creatures and enchantments. Okay. It's just all gone at the same time. Right. Yeah. That's and that's what I thought, and that's what we ended up doing. But I just that just occurred to me because uh, I'm looking at animate dead. And you're like, hey, what the heck? What a great card. So next up, we did just talk about Animate Dead, and we have Necromancy, which pretty much does the same thing. So it's two of anything in a black for an enchantment. Uh, you may cast it as though that had flash, though, which is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you cast it at any time, if you cast it for flash, basically you have to sack the permanent at the at the beginning of the next end step. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you just regularly cast <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> Necromancy uh, when it enters the battlefield, you attach it to a creature that creature comes out and then necromancy becomes an aura attached to that creature right yeah right next up we have world gorger dragon it's three and three red for a nightmare dragon seven seven it has flying trample and when world gorger dragon world gorger dragon enters the battlefield exile all other permanents you control when world gorger dragon leaves the battlefield return the exiled cards to the battlefield under their owner's control so, so for anybody yeah, what's going on here so for anybody who doesn't know the World Gorger Dragon combo, so how it works is we're going to use one of the previous cards we just talked about, Animate Dead or Necromancy. So we want World Gorger Dragon in our graveyard. Right. And then we cast either Animate Dead or Necromancy. That enters the battlefield. Then we choose World Gorger Dragon. World Gorger Dragon comes out, and then everything goes away. Yes. But then because the um, uh, enchantment on World Gorger goes away says we have to sacrifice him, we sacrifice him, everything back, comes back out, and then at that point, before we choose to bring World Gorger Dragon back out, we can tap all of our lands to make more mana. Right. And so doing this <clears throat> loop, you just create infinite mana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So it's an infinite mana combo, so it kind of works with either of those cards. can be really, really nice. But you would also get the enter the battlefield triggers, right? So you would. So if you, also if you have anything that has an ETB trigger on it, right. that was on the battlefield when World Gorger Dragger comes in, you're going to keep getting that ETB trigger as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a really neat little combo. I'm kidding. And then so there's two other cards in our section here, um, and one of, they both work in the other same way. So it's like if you have one of these other cards and you have this this combo that you can um, activate, right. you pretty much win the game. <clears throat> yeah, and those cards are uh, Comet Storm and Grey Merchant of Asphodel. So I'll read Comet Storm. Sure. It's um, X and two red for an instant. It has multi-kicker one, so you may pay an additional one any number of times as you cast the spell. And choose any target, then choose another target for each time this spell was kicked. Comet Storm deals X damage to each of them. So we'll create infinite mana. We just use that for mana into Comet Storm. Everyone's dead. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one works off the ETB. So Grey Merchant of Asphodel, three of anything and two black. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life or X is your devotion to black. And you gain life equal to the life lost this way. Yeah. So, so even if it's just him, you just infinitely loop the World Gorger Dragon and you're getting two life from everybody every time. Yeah, and, you know, <clears throat> I really like this style of deck building where, you know, the deck over overall has a, th- a theme and a strategy where you're slowly, like, draining everybody out, right? And that's generally what's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's always good to have kind of like an off switch, right? Like, if you're going to do plumbing work on your house, you turn off the water first. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> it's always good to just have that, like, 
off switch. Yeah. If if it happens, you know, if you know, or in you know, if you're in black, you can just search for it if if need be. But um, yeah, I I really do um, I like this style of deck building. Cool. All right, so let's move on to the support cards. Yeah, support synergy. Any word you want for it. Good good stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so first up, we have Angrath, the Flame Chained. Uh, it's uh, three, a black and a red for a legendary planeswalker with four loyalty. His plus one is each opponent discards a card and loses two life. His minus three is gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste until end of turn. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step if it has converted mana cost three or less. Okay, so you don't... Huh. And it's minus eight is each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in their graveyard. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. What a great fit. Yeah. And this, he's really nice too, because the plus one, even if they don't have a card, they're still losing two life. Yeah. Yeah. And if they do discard a card and you have other discard Some of our effects, enchantments out there or whatever, yeah, that taking could, even more damage. Yeah. That, that could really do damage for sure. So yeah, really, really nice. Uh, next up, we have a fun card that I've wanted to cast in Commander. <laughs> uh, it's a burning inquiry so it's one red for a sorcery each player draws three cards then discards three cards at random that's the that's rough <laughs> at random at random it's like a triple gamble without the tutor effect yeah <laughs> shenanigans will happen that's that's fun yeah Okay, next up we have Command the Dreadhorde. It's four and two black for sorcery. Choose any number of target creatures and or planeswalker cards in graveyards. Command the Dreadhorde deals damage to you equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. Put them onto the battlefield under your control. So we're going to be I totally forgot about this card. Yeah. <laughs> and people's graveyard is going to be getting filled. And then, you know, just take the best stuff. Oh, they're going to be juicy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up is an interesting card I didn't know existed. Uh, so Geth's Grimoire is four of anything for an artifact. Whenever an opponent discards a card, you may draw a card. Have you seen any of those? <clears throat> excuse me. Have you seen any of those deck boxes that are like Grimoires? Right. Like I think you can get them on. Oh, I yeah. They're seen... like websites, but they're like wood deck boxes. There's one guy that I've seen, at least in the city, that has one. They're very. I mean, you know. Not for me. I'm. A, I like the Ultimate Guard archives, but yeah. uh, they're very cool because yeah, it's like yeah. a, it's like a big you know, grimoire. That's super cool. Big book. So you can probably get this guy for sure. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Glinthorn Buccaneer. It's one and two red for a Minotaur Pirate two four with haste. Whenever you discard a card, Glinthorn Buccaneer deals one damage to each opponent, and you can pay one in a red, discard a card, draw a card, activate this ability only if Glinthorn Buccaneer is attacking. That's a fun word, buccaneer. Buccaneer. <laughs> uh, but this one's pretty neat because uh, people take damage just from you discarding cards. So, right, and it's and it's all built in, right? Because you can also discard discard cards with him. Yes, which yeah, is yeah. always great. So next up, we have Mirage Mirror, which is uh, three of anything for an artifact. Has an ability which is two of anything. Mirage Mirror becomes a copy of target artifact creature enchantment or land until end of turn. Yeah, you really wouldn't be wrong to put Mirage Mirror in any commander deck. It's it's almost like a Soul Ring kind of include. Kind I don't of put it is. yeah, I don't put it in every deck, but like it's that good. It's just so versatile. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, and especially in this deck, it's really nice because then if you have one of the enchantments where everyone takes two from discarding, you can no matter what double it up with Mirage Mirror as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and it's any. It's just. Um, it's target, right? So you can hit opponent stuff. It's all you like. You could turn it into a guy's cradle, right? Like oh yeah, you could turn it into anything. Do something like that, or then yeah. if you're just using it as the enchantment base, and then you can leave Mirage Mirror back as a blocker for yourself as well. Yeah, so you can turn it into a creature and block with it. So yeah, yeah. super good. Uh, next up, we have Neheb the Eternal, three and two red for a legendary creature, zombie minotaur warrior, four six. He has afflict three, so that is whenever this creature becomes blocked, defending player loses three life. And at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, add a red to your mana pool for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. This is a great... I remember when this card came out, like, this was, like, mono-red mono ramp. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> this can actually be really scary, because if you wheel and you have, like, Megram uh, out or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if people take, like, 30 damage, which isn't that many cards, it's only 15 cards in total from three people... You know, yeah, like, that's like uh, that's like Comet Storm uh, range. Yeah, right there. Pew, 
There we go. Yeah, got him. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, he's definitely a really nice uh, mana generator for the deck. So, Oh, he's so good. Yeah, so good. Yeah. That card is actually, I think, even kind of undervalued. At how it probably is. is. Yeah. It probably is. And it's like, and it's a mythic from a set that was, you know, I think overall it was a little... Cause that's what it's hour of devastation. Yeah, I think I think that was still open pretty much. It was well. It had the um, that was the was last set we had lottery cards. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, but just a solid card. Even the new one, like, isn't it, it? The new one from War of the Spark is still pretty good. I mean, I don't think it would be like that. It'd be okay in this deck. Yeah, but I had I had him in here as well, but as I was doing cuts, it was like sorry. But yeah, this is by far like the better. It's just the ramp is so. If you've never played with Neheb in like a red deck, like the ramp is real. The ramp is real. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up we have Painful Quandary. So this is three of anything and two black for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player loses five life unless unless they discard a card. This card is devastating. Ugh. Even even Ugh. if it wasn't in this deck, which is all about getting value off of discarding cards, it's so rough. It, it's a rough card. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. Because, like, five life really adds up. Yeah, that's an eighth of your health. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. every every time you cast a spell, unless you pitch a card. Yeah. But, yeah, this card, um, man, I, I I mean, I think I think this card is probably, like, maybe around $15 to $20, but I really don't see it played that often. And, like, playing it, there's no downside because it only hits opponents. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, this is just such a great card. Yeah, totally. Okay, next up we have Perpetual Timepiece. Okay, yeah, I see what you're doing here. So it's two It's two mana <laughs> for an artifact. You can tap it to put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard, or you can pay two, exile Perpetual Timepiece, shuffle any number of target cards from your graveyard into your library. Mm-hmm. So you don't shuffle those lands in, hey? Exactly, them in the yard. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also just with all the discarding happening and other things like that, this is also just a way to kind of like save yourself from milling oh yeah like i run yeah. i definitely run perpetual timepiece and other like elixir of immortality type effects in like my unesh deck where i'm just drawing so many cards yeah right and also discarding because it's like a factor fiction kind of thing totally and this card also <laughs> works really nice in this deck because i mean like people can always run um titans to protect themselves from uh milling yep but using the perpetual timepiece because uh the, we will be at points of the game where we want to be able to cast croaks from our graveyard yeah. And so if we just automatically put everything back for some reason, you can't do that. So this kind of gives you control over being able to recast the commander from the graveyard as well for the escape cost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I do like that, that it's target. Yes. Target. I want to choose. Totally. So next up, we definitely talk about this card more, a lot more recently, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Rise of the Dark Realms. Mm-hmm. So seven of uh, anything and two black. Put all creature cards from all graveyards onto the battlefield under your control. It's a sorcery, by the way. So we're wheeling everybody's hands. Graveyard's getting full. Let's just get everything back. Yeah. Yeah. Th- like this is, <clears throat> this is a potential win con. It is actually a potential win con as well because later on we will see there's something that goes with it, but yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, next up we have Sangromancer. It's two and two black for a Vampire Shaman 3-3 three, three with flying. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you may gain three life. Whenever an opponent discards a card, you may gain three life. Okay, gaining some life here. Yep. I like it. Yeah, you, you just never know. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're taking incidental damage from and stuff like that as well, mm-hmm. so... One card for some life gain here can't can't help. Uh, so next up is certainly it certainly can't hurt. Can't hurt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next up we have the Sire of Insanity. So this is four of anything and a black and a red for a six four demon. At the beginning of each end step, each player discards their hand. Kalia. Just, right? That, yeah. I think that's the first time I saw this was playing yeah. against Kalia. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> no one's going to have a hand for a while. Yeah. But, yeah, this is um, – I this was definitely on my short list for, like, Zoncha cards to put in, but it didn't quite make the cut of, like, the high CMC cards that okay, I want to yeah. put in. But, yeah, this is just, like – this is perfect in this deck. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to make them hungry for those cards. You do, Yeah. <laughs> This seems like a little unfun to play against this, this just this card in general because like now you're just discarding people's hands all the time and this is like ugh, it's rough. Yeah, that could be unfun, but you know, 
I guess you could just like scoop. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to. It's the end of this. Um, next up we have Strionic Resonator. One of my favorite cards. It's two mana for an artifact. You can pay two, tap it, copy target triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. So there's so many triggered abilities that we've already talked about in this deck. Totally. And uh, Strionic Resonator is one of the only cards that does this kind of thing. It is, yeah. But it's very, it's really great in, uh, especially like with cast triggers, right? Because, you know, like, um, but like really any triggers are just, this card is amazing. And then also just obviously the, works really well with the Titan himself as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Attack trigger. Mm -hmm. Boom. So next up, we have the Haunt of Hightower. So he's four of anything and two black for a 3-3 vampire. It's not the best rate. <laughs> Wasn't this the promo? If you bought a box of... You got it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So he is flying in lifelink, and then whenever the Haunt of Hightower attacks defending player, they discard a card. But also, whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, put a 1-1 counter on the Haunt of Hightower. Okay, so if, you know, this gets going... That that power toughness is gonna get up to that mana cost. Oh you know yeah, what I'm saying it's just, you just need one wheel. And you're good to go. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the next category here, we have upkeep triggers. Yeah. Hmm. Blood Chief Ascension. One uh, one black for an enchantment at the beginning of each end step. If an opponent lost two or more life this turn, you may put a quest counter on Blood Chief Ascension. Whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, if Blood Chief Ascension has three or more quest counters on it, you may have that player lose two life. If you do, you gain two life. That's a nice, like, incidental life gain machine while you're draining your opponents. You're draining them and you're gaining life. I just noticed that this one is actually end step. (laughs) At the beginning of each end step. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, right, because it's upkeep, upkeep triggers, triggers category. I, well, I I'm sure that. I'm sure the listeners will forgive us for that. Yeah, they'll understand. But yeah, this is a nice one, obviously, because we are discarding all those cards anyways. So Yeah, and it's not going to take long to get, because each end step, it really won't take long if you have like some of these pieces out. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Next up, we have the Koskun Falls. Great card. Love this card. Yeah. <laughs> so two of anything and two black for a world enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice the falls unless you tap an untapped creature you control. And then creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two for each attacking creature that's attacking you. Yeah, just great. Propaganda yeah. in black. All you Propaganda have to do is, in black. All you have to do is tap one of your creatures that uh, isn't going to be blocking. So yeah, don't sweat it. And I mean, like, uh, I think with this kind of deck, you're going to have a lot of people looking your way. So it's nice to have a little bit of defense there and you yeah have to go through something definitely so next up we have palace siege it's three and two black for an enchantment as palace siege enters the battlefield choose cons or dragons if you choose cons at the beginning of your upkeep return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand nice and if you choose dragons at the beginning of your upkeep each opponent loses two life and you gain two life i think both options are pretty yeah decent. i don't know what i'd choose yeah <laughs> <laughs> it depends on where you're on the game but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, next up, we have Quest for the Nile Stone. So it's an enchantment. Whenever an opponent discards a card, you may put a quest counter on Quest for the Nile Stone. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has no cards in hand and Quest for the Nile Stone has two or more quest counters on it, you may have that player lose five life. Oof. Five life. That's rough. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is a May ability, so like if you got a little deal going, a little yeah, dealio. Yeah, I won't let this one deal damage to you. Don't worry. That's kind of fun. <laughs> Next up, we have Stolen Strategy. It's four and a red for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your, of each opponent's library. Until end of turn, you may cast non-land cards from among the, those exiled cards, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those cards. Nice. Just uh, This is kind of like more of a fun spell in the deck. Yeah, yeah. And it does give you pseudo card advantage. Pseudo card advantage. And that's also, like, draining your opponents more of the cards from their library as well, yeah. which is kind of what the deck is doing right. to begin with. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So next up, we have some haste enablers. Gotta have that. Yeah. So we have anger, which is three of anything in a red. As long as anger is in your graveyard and you control a mountain, creatures you control have haste. Yeah, and it's going to be easy enough to discard yes. <clears throat> anger into your graveyard. Or even if it's on the battlefield, we do have a way to sacrifice it, so... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or you can make a little deal with someone. Yeah. You attack, I'll block with anger. What do totally. you think? 
Um, next up, we have Chainer Nightmare Adept. It's two and a black and a red for a legendary creature, Human Minion. Oh, this is one of the lieutenant commanders from the Ani deck. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, he's a 3-2. Uh, discard a card. You may cast a creature card from your graveyard this turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. Ugh. Whenever a non-token <laughs> creature enters the battlefield under your control, if you didn't cast it from your hand, it gains haste until your next turn. That's nice that they give it to you until your next turn. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times they don't do that kind of thing. So It would probably be broken if you could only activate the first ability or if you <laughs> could do it multiple times. It would be very broken. Yeah. Because actually Chainer works very well with Magus of the Wheel. Because then when right. you have haste, you can just yeah, do that right away. Yeah, Oof. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you could infinitely just wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and then next up we have the Hammer of Perforo. So it's a legendary enchantment artifact. Uh, creatures you control have haste. Uh, it does also have two and a red to tap and sack a land to make a 3-3 golem. Yeah, that's not... We won't <clears throat> be using that very often, though. Yeah, no, no, yeah. absolutely not. But um, uh, the haste also goes very well with Rise of the Dark Realms. So oh, yeah. It's kind of like a win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because if, if Anger's in your graveyard and you play Rise from the, of the Dark Realms, you know... Anchor's going to be back out on the field. That's a little bit of a nombo weird part about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Okay, next up we have uh, card draws. And uh, it's I like that you put tutors in here. Yeah. But you, do not, you don't have Vampiric Tutor. I don't. Eh. Which is card disadvantage. So <laughs> the first one we have here is Demonic Tutor. It's uh, one in a black for a sorcery. Search your library for a card. Put that card into your hand. Then shuffle your library. Nice and clean. Nice and clean. Then we also have Diabolic Tutor, which is two of anything and two black. For a sorcery to search your library for a card, put that card in your hand and shelve your library. Yeah, it's a so. uh, t- it's a four mana demonic tutor. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So next up we have Entomb. It's one mana, f- one black mana for an instant. Search your library for a card and put that card into your graveyard. Then shelve your library. Entomb is in here just so that you have like another copy of the rolled gorger dragon. Yes, because we just need him in the graveyard. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you can also use it in the other times where it's like, hey, I don't have anger yet. Let's get anger in the graveyard. All my stuff has haste. Yeah. That's also really nice too, so. Yeah. Yeah. What a great card. Uh, next up is Faithless Looting. Solid sorcery. One red. Draw two cards, discard two cards, and has flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Siphon Mind. It's three and a black for a sorcery. Each other player discards a card. You draw a card for each card discarded this way. I think we talked about this in our budget cards episode, like, way back. I think so, yeah. But this is such a great card. It's pretty cool. Yeah, this whole, like, cycle of cards where it's, like, everybody does something and then, like, you get to do it plus everyone else's. Yeah. It's just so (laughs) powerful. And they're also going to be taking damage or just bad things are going to happen when they discard cards. I think that's (laughs) That's been made pretty clear. (laughs) Yeah, You're discarding cards, bad things happen. Uh, so then, uh, as I think we were even talking about on our last episode, it's good to have some board wipes in the deck. Um, this deck just has two at the moment, so we have Blasphemous Act, which is eight of anything in a red for this spell. costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield, and then Blasphemous Act is 13 damage each creature. Generally costs one. Yes, to pretty act, much. To cast in-game. Yeah, you're deal- paying one to deal 13 to everything. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Damnation. It's two and two black for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures. They can't be regenerated. Just a white Wrath of God. Yep. Or a black <clears throat> Wrath of God. It's a black Wrath of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, next up, also uh, some snipe threats or target removal, as we could say. Snipe boys. Yeah. So we have Bedevil, which is two black and a red for an instant. Destroy target artifact, creature, or planeswalker. Yeah, I was surprised this didn't see more play in, like, constructed formats, but I guess it's three mana. Uh, it, it definitely saw play in uh, standard. I, yeah, it's just, like, because, like, the only deck I've really played in the last couple of years in modern is Tron. So, like, whenever I see a card and it's like, oh, this could be bad for Tron, I'm like, I hope no one plays it. Like that, <laughs> um, like that new... Um, oh, what was that card? It was, like, that Azorius Human that made it so, like, you couldn't cast spells... 
that oh, had yeah. a higher CMC than the amount of lands you controlled. And I was yeah. like, man, I hope humans doesn't play that. And it's like, <laughs> nobody plays humans in our local meta, so I don't even know what I was worried about. And you're like, oh, fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bedevil, I wouldn't see, with, like, just modern is too fast for it. But definitely yeah. in standard Bedevil. I think even maybe in Pioneer Bedevil seeing play. So it's a good card. It is a great card, yeah. yeah. No, I, I run it in Commander decks. Um, just, like, that, that amount of flexibility oh, yeah. is great. And especially, um, you know... I mean, you know, we're in red, so it's always easy to hit artifacts, but it's nice to be able to do it in, like, a deck that's clearly more black mm-hmm. than red. Um, but next up, we have Terminate. It's a red and uh, black for an instant. Destroy target creature. It can't be regenerated. Solid. Boom. So next up, we have some mana ramping because we do have some bigger spells in the deck. Uh, so we have Black Market, which is three of anything and two black. Whenever a creature... It's an enchantment. Whenever a creature dies, put a charge counter on Black Market. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, add black mana for each charge counter on Black Market. Do the charge counters just stay on Black Market as long as it's on the field? Yep. How much does that card cost now? I'm going to look it up on... Yeah, I think it's getting up there a little bit. Ten ninety nine on Card Kingdom? Uh, Mercadian Mask. Ooh, what do you think the foil costs from Mercadian Mask? Uh, 55 Whoa! Wow, fifty four ninety nine. Yo, Card Kingdom. Wow, jeez, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, okay, so we're gonna move on to the um, Cryptgast. <laughs> Cryptgast is three and a black for a spirit two two. It has extort. So whenever you cast a spell, you may pay uh, black. If you do, each opponent loses one life, and you gain that much life. Whenever you tap a swamp for mana, add an additional black. Sweet. So, so yeah, if you made all your land swamps, mm. hey, oh, you're tapping for red, also get a little also swamp in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then rounding out the deck, we do have some mana rocks in here. Uh, just a few. Just a few. Arcane Signet, tap to make any color in your commander's enemy. Always good. It's two to play it. Yeah, and I imagine it'll get... <clears throat> the price has dropped quite a bit. Like, I think it's closer to $5 now, but Ooh, I think if we get good. more Brawl decks and if they start putting in Commander decks, which they really should, um, among other Mana Rocks, you know... I ho- should even out. Hopefully, it even... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So next up, we have Dockside Extortionist. Not a Mana Rock itself, but he does make Mana Rocks. Yes. So he's one and a red for a Goblin Pirate. One, two... When Dockside Extortionist enters the battlefield, create X treasure tokens, where X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. And if you don't know, treasure tokens are artifacts with tap. Sacrifice this artifact. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like a pretty um, expensive card from like the C19 decks. It's, I think it's about like $20 USD right now. Which is pretty crazy. It is, yeah. But it's really, really, really good. It really ramps because it's like everyone's everyone always plays mana rocks, so you're always going to get value off this. And also like enchantments, yes, right? Like those are like you know I've, I've probably said this a hundred times, but like those are the cards that bring like the most value and can sometimes be the most impactful in commander is yeah. artifacts and enchantments. And enchantments are the hardest uh, permanent to remove. Yes, they right? are. So they just like they really stick. Yeah. They stick a lot more time than... Uh, than artifacts Especially do. artifacts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we have uh, Gilded Lotus, which is a five-mana artifact, which taps for three mana of any color. That's right. And then we have a Rakdos Signet, two mana for an artifact. Pay one, tap, add a black and a red to your mana pool. Uh, soul Ring. Two got, one Soul Ring. Got to. Yeah. Got to put it in. But you don't have to put it in every deck. Just disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we have Talisman of Indulgence. So happy that they completed this cycle with Modern yeah, Horizons. Were. I kind of threw this in mostly just for you. Yes. <laughs> I was oh. like, gotta put that Talisman in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Talisman is two mana for an artifact. You can tap it for a colorless, or you can tap it for a black or red, and Talisman of Indulgence deals one damage to you. Okay, so we're moving on to the lands. Yeah. Uh, so let's go over mostly utility lands, and then the other ones we can kind of... Yeah, this is like the least interesting but most important part of the deck. It's it's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some cool stuff in here. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, first up, we have the Castle Lockthwain. So such a good card. Such a good card. Yeah. Uh, enters tapped unless you have another Swamp, which you probably will. Uh, it taps for Swamp, and then you can pay one of anything in two black to draw a card, and then you lose life equal to the cards in your hand. 
Yeah, yeah, the number of cards in your hand. The number of cards in your hand, yeah. So be careful when you use this. Sometimes you may take a little more damage than you're thinking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Next up, we have Gyre Reach Sanitarium. Uh, It's a legendary land. It taps for a colorless, or you can pay two and tap it. Each player draws a card, then discards a card. So good. There we go. Let's get that engine going for all of our enchantments and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Uh, Next up is a Memorial to Folly. So this is a land that does enter tapped. Uh, and then it taps for black, but we do have the ability to pay two and a black, and you sacrifice the memorial to return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So, yeah, yeah, the whole memorial cycle was pretty good. Yeah. Well, at least the red, blue, and uh, black ones were good. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Mikokoro, Center of the Sea, another legendary land. Taps for a colorless, or you can pay two, tap it. Each player draws a card. So that's nice. I'm being, like, Eric's being nice to you. Yeah. You want to draw more cards, right? (laughs) That's what we're here for. (laughs) Uh, And then we have Reliquary Tower. So uh, you have no max hand size. Always good to have, especially with the uh, Gets Grimoire. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Next up, we have Rick's Mahdi Dungeon Palace. Taps for a colorless, or you can pay one, a black, and a red, and tap it. Each player discards a card. You can activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. That's just great, having that on yeah. land. Discard card. Yeah. You can, And then, so what you can do is you can tap Mikakoro, everyone draws a card, and then tap the Brick Samadhi, everyone discards a card. There's something that's so, like, safe feeling about having activated abilities on lands because we so rarely lose lands. lands yeah right it's still a it's it's a clear and present danger but it's not it just feels so much more safe than having a, a mana rock with an activated ability totally and that's also kind of funny because like you see other decks like run gotta reach sanitariums you're like i'm just helping you go through your deck yeah you no be taking some damage <laughs> yeah, don't worry it's, it's fine you have 40 life it's fine yeah <laughs> Uh, next up is the good old strip mine, uh, which taps for colors, but you can also tap it to sack it and destroy target land. Yeah, and you can always o- good to have one. Yeah, always good. Uh, next up, we have Urborg Tomb of Yogmoth, legendary land. Each land is a swamp in addition to its other land types. So Crypt this is gas. this is going to help with Crypt Gas for sure. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to the just the the bum lands. Yeah, and, I, and again, like, we don't really have to talk about all these guys. Like, there's an ancient tomb in here for some mana ramps. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of cards in this deck that just cost, like, one colorless or, or one colored mana, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I would totally put ancient tomb in here. Yeah. Yeah, and then we've got, like, you know, like, the, the dual lands, like, Blood Crypt. We've got the Bloodstained Mire for Fetch, Command Tower, Dragon's Call Summit, Luxury Suite. The Battle Bond lands, they got to complete that cycle. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, Prismatic Vista, nice, because sometimes you just got to go get it. Yep. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, six six mountains, 10 swamps, just uh, 25. Well, you got 30, 33 lands, right? 33. 33 yeah. lands. And I mean, like, that's a Which little is, bit, that's a little light, but like. It's a little you, light. But you're also like, you have so much card draw that I think. That was my it's idea. Not like, be a when problem. I was looking at this, I was like, eh, 33 is a little light. There are mana rocks in the deck, and then there's a lot of like card draw, especially with the wheels and stuff to get you through your deck. Yeah. Um Yeah, and like it's a little light on the um on the removal, but I think like with all the like draining effects you have and like just taking cards out of people's hands before you they even have an ability to use them, I think that that is a powerful form of removal on its own, right? Because if you don't even have to, it's like a counterspell, right? It's a form of removal. You don't even have to worry about it because it's not even going to become a problem. So it really limits people in terms of like being able to keep cards in hands and like have a certain plan of when to go off and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you're playing a combo deck, it's really rough going against this deck if you have a combo deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're just going to have a bad time. No (laughs) kidding. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I really... uh, yeah, I just love this deck because you don't. We just don't see this kind of a strategy a lot. across the table very yeah. often. Yeah, but yeah, it just seems like a ton of fun, and it's not. What's what's the average CMC? Yeah, it's a little high, but you know, it's three point six. There's thirty three lands in the deck again. Like I would like to play it and test it and see how it goes. Oh yeah, obviously. And, <laughs> like you always. Yeah, you always end up making cuts and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then just just to throw it out there, like so, like a uh, card. Uh, um, Dexas is saying it's around 465 uh, US. 
Yeah, and TCG Player and Card Kingdom. Yep, on both those guys. A way to really cut out a lot of costs on this deck. Uh, like we said before, Wheel of Fortune. And then also if you get rid of the Prismatic Vista. Oh, and like Ancient and the Tomb. And Mire. Yeah. And then the Ancient Tomb. Those that's, are, that, that's like $150 right there. Yeah. 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 So... You can really yeah. like take the cost down the deck and so if you yeah. do that and you take out wheel of fortune so that's about three hundred dollars maybe three fifty well, like uh, wheel of fortune i know is like a hundred by itself and like <laughs> yeah prismatic vista because of like pioneer or i mean modern i think is up there with like 20 30 bucks oh yeah i think it's like the 30 Myers, like 30 Myers bucks. over 30 uh ancient tombs back over 30 again yeah so that's like almost 200 so yeah yep for sure take out all those and you got yourself a, a relatively under $200 deck for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, just a fun, super fun deck, Eric. I really like it. Cool, yeah. I, I, would, like, I would like to play this deck. <laughs> Seems fun. <laughs> all right, well, we are going to wrap it up. And uh, we just want to thank all of you for listening and for following us on all the various platforms. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us on Gmail at turn1soaringthepodcast at gmail.com. Um, but you'll probably get a faster response if you find us on Instagram at turn1soaringthepodcast. Mm-hmm. And um, also, we are doing our February giveaway uh, now. So we're giving away a Theros Beyond Death Collector's Booster. Ooh. Yeah, it's so pretty spicy. And we're also going to be giving away a couple of custom foil signets that uh, we got sent to us by a uh, another Instagram account that will be in the, uh, the description if you want to check them out. Uh, you can find the podcast on uh, all the podcast platforms, including YouTube. And um, yeah, that's about... That's about it. That's about it for today. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate each and every one of you, and we will talk to you very soon. Thanks. So listen to us ramble. Bye now. Bye. Turn one soul ring.